Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, Brother John. How are you, sir? Staying warm. 38. Doing my best. What? What? 38 big ones, degrees. Oh, my God. Still oh, in the 60s here. Still in the 60s here. Ah, oh. well, you'll get there. I, I'm envious. I like uh Yeah, it I feels like good. The, You're gonna I like the, the 50s. fall. Oh, good. I like oh, the yeah. fall when it, first, when it first gets cold. It's nice. It's real nice. All right. Well, let's let's talk turkey here. You know, we may have some people, John, who just join for the first time and don't know who or what we are. Uh, believe it or not, we are we are the Bro Show. We are actual brothers. My name is Jerry, and my name is John. Yeah, we do something every Saturday morning at around seven thirty, eight o'clock. Yes. We we record a new episode of the Bro Show, and. Uh, Every six months, we have six-month seasons, and these seasons mm. are dedicated to an animal. And this mm. is what season, John? This is the season of the tiger. Okay. So one of the four things we talk about every Saturday is a tiger story. This mm. can take many forms. Okay. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll, you'll, you'll hear one in a few minutes. Second thing we do is we have a word that we thought was worth sharing with our audience we ran into it during the process of preparing for the show and researching it. And the third thing is we have two takes on a major event or topic that has taken place somewhere around showtime or what have you, or mm. sometime it can be a more um, deep-rooted story that's not necessarily contemporary. But be that as it may, we also do one final thing, John. What is the last thing we do every show? We do groaners, bad jokes, dad jokes, and we try to select the best of the bad. The baddest of the best. Yeah, the bad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, they all make you groan. That's why they're called groaners. You'll just hit your forehead yeah. and say, oh, they didn't say that, did they? Yeah, or if you're you're with if you're from Fight Club, you'll just hit yourself in the face. Yep. Yeah. All right. Okay. Boys and girls, shall we? Uh, do we sponsor? Hey. Oh, before well, we, we have sponsor. a sponsor, but yeah, we we wear yeah. something usually, and it's important that we let people know what we wear. I don't know why it's important, but for some reason we get some sort of charge out of it. So, you know, maybe I'll start with my shirt first. Yeah. We usually do yours. I am wearing the season of the rap shirt. The shirt that has the USPS stamp, the Lunar Year stamp on it, it gets a lot of notice. People really like this shirt. So do I. That's it. Okay. Oh, wow. You knocked yeah, out 2020, by the way, is when this stamp came out. That's the Lunar Year. It oh, seems so long ago. It does. Yeah. It does not seem like it was 2020. Yeah. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm wearing a, a Bro Show t-shirt also, a black one. It has the Colorful, large fist bump at the top, and it says on it, my brother is doing fine. Fine. Yes, that was a good one. That's <laughs> one when we would wear because people would ask us how you're doing or how you, uh, how's Jerry doing? And you could yeah. point to your shirt and you didn't have to say a damn thing. Yeah, it's cool. I did the same thing. <laughs> how's your brother John doing? Point to the shirt. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That was that was when it was less less certain how we were doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a timely. It was a more important question, although it's always nice to hear. 
Oh, oh boy. Yeah. Hey, we got a sponsor. Right. Big Let's Cat Rescue. Big Red mm. Cat Rescue is a non-for-profit organization. Their mission is to find the best doggone home they can to take care of those big cats that quite often are abused. You know, little cats become big cats, and all of a sudden people don't want them. Or circus cats, uh, you know, tigers, etc. So sure enough, this wonderful uh, organization takes on them. Uh, and down in Tampa, they've got a big uh, sanctuary where they maintain all these animals and did a pretty good job during the, you know, the tough weather down there that they had on the Gulf Coast. They, they had the, the manpower to make things very comfortable mm. for their animals. Uh, they also, uh, as one of their missions is to end uh, abuse of big cats in captivity and also work on, you know, preventing the extinction. So yeah. 501c3, they've been here for well over 20 years. They've met the test of time. They've received various awards. And the main thing that we always gravitate towards is the swag that this this organization oh. puts out. And yeah. maybe you can give a little uh, detail on that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they have great T-shirts, and they have a wide variety of them. The fellow who was just talking to you happens to be my brother. He has one of these T-shirts. And when yeah. he wears it, when he wears it, I have to warn you, it attracts members of the opposite sex. So if you're a lady and you're wearing this, men are going to be kind of swarming around. And if you're a man wearing one of these, well, the women are going to be swarming around. Hey, I've got a lady one of these shirts because they accidentally sent me one and they didn't ask for it back. Well, you can give it to a yeah, friend. I've got a lady. I could give it to a friend. Yes. A friend that wants to get hit on. Right? Well, I, I <laughs> we didn't we didn't use to warn people about this. And uh, I I got... I got some complaints, so I had to deal with it, John. I'm sorry that okay. I should have given you a heads up on it, but Public you handled it well. Announcement, I, yeah, okay. Yeah, well, service announcement. They have a lot of other swag, too. Bags, you can carry stuff in, caps. Uh, yeah, and they have a, there's a, uh, there's a Cadillac Eldorado model that they are responsible for, too. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you, uh, you know, I think that's it. I think yeah, you know, like the, the, the cat, big cat rescue. You can go yeah. right into the tiger story. And our tiger story this week is our tigers smart. Hey, you know what? We know that these wonderful animals. We usually think about them in terms of their physical skills. You know, their ability to hunt their for how ferocious they are, uh, how menacing they might look, and their adaptability. We talked about camouflage. But how much do they have upstairs? Do they have some smarts? Or how do they fit in as it relates to other tigers, as it relates to all animals, and even as we compare them to humans? You know what? We find out that these animals are very intelligent and actually have one of the best short-term memories of all animals, including humans. 30 so, times. 30 times better. Wow. And, you know, we could start with physical. The physical size of their brain is one of the biggest brains compared with other animals. So they, they've got they've got a good platform upon which to mm. you know to to incorporate to house their smarts. They yeah. uh, and what they've done is they do a great job in their hunting of combining their fighting skills with the intelligence that they really do need in order to to survive out there in the wild. And yeah. one of the ways we can check this, and maybe you can give a little detail on it, but the, the part of the evidence as to how well they do is if you take a look at their diet, their diet ranges from land-based animals all the way to aquatic 
life, wildlife. So mm. in order to do that, we know that, you know, you can't kill a crocodile like you, you kill a, a deer or a buffalo. Right. So right. maybe you can kind of explain how some of that w- works with respect to what they do. Uh, crocodiles are very crunchy on top. They mm. have uh, scales, almost look like horns, and that's for their protection. That's only in the upper part of their body, though. Underneath, they're much softer. So they avoid the top when they're hunting a crocodile. They avoid the jaws and the top, and they go right for the underbelly. They have adapted, and they remember. They remember. Mm-hmm. They don't make the mistake of trying to uh, uh, attack a crocodile the same way they would a deer. So the, they got that. They got that going. They have different techniques for different animals. And so that's yep. that's a really cool feature. Yeah. That's one thing. Yeah. That's just one and, thing. Though. Yeah, I know. But well, the, another one that I noticed as I was reading up on this is that, you know, when they go out and hunt, usually what they'll do is they aren't very social and they go out individually. But when yeah. they go out individually, they're going to run up against a herd of animals. And guess what? The numbers aren't in their favor. They got all no, oh, this big herd versus them. So what they've got to do is they got to figure a strategy by which they are able to maybe do a little fake attacks and scatter the herd. And when they then scatter the herd, they're able to pinpoint a target and go in for the kill. So yeah, uh, that's 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 pretty smart. You know, being able it's to do very, that. Yeah, it's very smart. And every once in a while, not very often. Uh, if their habitat has been hunted down severely and there's a food shortage, uh, they will decide it's time to snack on humans. That yeah, I mean, when the going gets tough and they really run out of food, that's the only time. So let's just say that when it comes to their yeah. their, their source of food, uh, the humans are not at the top of the list, and they're way, way, no. way down at the bottom. They're, they're a yeah. food of last resort. They are, and part, one of the interesting things about that, if that should happen, that's a very bad day for humans because they are extremely <laughs> hard to catch. Uh, and yeah, they are very good at this, what they do. Yeah. They're extremely good at hunting and adapting. Now, there's, there's all that said, John, believe it or not, lions have an advantage. Yeah, you know, the, we, we, we not can compare like lions to tigers. And as we take a look at that, we, we, we have to say, yeah, we're going to have to give the tigers the, the, the first and the the lions first and the tigers a close second. And maybe you can explain how come, you know, but we're not really shortchanging the tiger because yeah. you know, a lot of it depends upon their social, the way that they handle themselves socially. So maybe yeah. you can kind of go into that. Yeah, what happens is tigers, <laughs> the only time tigers deal with other tigers is not for hunting. It's for mating, fighting for a mate or fighting off another tiger who wants their territory. So, to, you know, fighting and sex are about the only two things that will bring tigers together. The rest of the time, they're solitary animals. Now, however, lions operate in a pride in a group, and so, and they hunt in a group, too, almost like wolves hunt in a pack. So they have a different kind of intelligence. You know, they aren't, they don't have the same short-term memory. They don't have all the tactical advantages. But they can communicate with one another. They have a pecking order. They have a way of living together as a group. And social animals have a different kind of intelligence than solitary animals. And overall, 
their intelligence is higher if you're a social animal. Right, because of that, because they get a chance to develop that because the social nature of, of the way they live requires them to make complex decisions. It gives them a chance to exercise their brain. So those cognitive skills are there for them. You know what the thought occurred to me, John? It was a sad little thought I had. And that is that, you know, uh, during the lockdown, I wonder if because of our lack of in-person social contact, we we lost a few steps intellectually. Yeah, could it be? Yeah, well, I mean, this interaction that we have as humans is important for us to for learning and learning is all part of, you know, knowledge, intelligence, et cetera. It's all kind of fits together one way or another. But, you know, wow. I like to also take a look at this and compare these tigers, not only to lions, but let's take a look at to how they compare to the intelligence of domestic cats. And you know what? The tigers what? win slam dunk. I mean, it's hands down the tigers. It's no contest. Yeah. Okay. And Wait, basically why? the reason, I'll, you know why I can give it one, three short words. Cats are bums. Whoa. They're bums. Whoa. I did not say that. Let the record show <laughs> that my brother's slaying cats. Now, Cat lovers are going to hate our guts are, now. Are they all, a lot. Are they all to blame for that? Not really. Because you see their surroundings that are created by the humans are conducive to doing nothing. Cats are stuck with not only small brains, but they exercise their, they don't exercise their brains. Uh-huh. Why? Because the effect of their surroundings is that they don't need to, they don't need to learn anything. They just need to lay there, get some food, lay a little bit more, get some food and act, you know, and, and get humans to wait upon them. Yeah, you just so described my life. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> so as a result, cats. They might have their brains are not only small, but they're flabby. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. You've been prepping for this, haven't you? You, you, you just helped us. I live for this day. I live for this day to slay on those animals. Let the record show. I do not share, uh, share my, the views of my brother in this regard. And, uh, yeah. Well, let, let's leave this on one high note. And, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't want to leave such a negative. With respect to tigers, it's important to emphasize that short-term memory. Because the fact is that, as you've already mentioned, their short-term memory is better than humans. So as a result, with this exceptional short-term memory, these tigers would excel in college. No doubt in my mind, summa cum laude would be a cinch for these animals. All of them would Okay. Get. However, maybe their career wouldn't go so well. Yeah, getting a job it, might be challenging. Yeah, eating their coworkers would be a big problem. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're ready. We're ready now, John. Let's oh. have our word. Okay, our word is actually a phrase. The phrase is red line two words now quite often you, you it can be a, a one word and red line is one word is usually needs to edit from the red pencil that editors in the good old days mm. used to use to, yeah. to put on uh, paper uh, documents but the word we're going to say is red line and this has been in the news quite often so the word red line with two words means a limit beyond which someone's behavior is no longer acceptable so we know that uh, both sides, as we take a look at the Ukraine war, have used this word. Uh, for, and so Russia has drawn a red line 
on U.S. Uh, dash Ukraine weapons. In other words, it's said you can't do this. You can't, you know, provide a certain type of weapon or soldiers to Ukraine. So they've drawn a red line. So that's the way it's used. But it's kind of interesting because as we took a look, we came up with this word because of our two takes. Wow. Our two takes is, a, it's a, you know, we and so that I'll leave that as a little tease. And we mm. will eventually get to red line again is what it's all about. Hey, can, can I give my example of a red line? Yes, go for it. In his depiction of domestic cats, my brother stepped over the red line of acceptable <laughs> behavior. <laughs> Oh, huh? Huh? hey, I, I, I would have to say that's a very good use of the word. I can't deny it. I did it, and I'm proud of it. He's unrepentant also. Wow. <laughs> that's part of the red, stepping over the red line is, is a lack of repentance. Too, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So we've got it. Are we days. ready? It's, we are ready. So, okay, the two takes yeah. we've got you know, is battalion or battalion. We know the word battalion, but we're going yeah, to go into something with a B. So we've got a word here, battalion, de, uh, de, which is with a D rather than the B. Mm. And mm. this is a mind-boggling story because, you know, quite often I'll let you tell most of it, but I'll, it's a kind of prep it. We mostly hear when we talk about Ukraine and, and their challenges as, as with respect to the war, we hear about their charismatic President Zelensky, or quite often their courageous military. And in addition to the fact that quite, they do have a pretty strong uh, ministry for digital information, which is directly involved in the war, you know, like you know, military intelligence, keeping their information safe from hackers. But what we don't know about is something which is critical with respect to this war, and that is getting out the word, not only the word, but pictures and video as to what exactly the grim realities of what's going on over there is ha what's happening. So, and the public needs to know that. So what do we find? Maybe you can give a little background to how you kind of fell into this story. And, yeah, uh, and it's incredible. It's quite incredible. Uh, I get a weekly newsletter from this new publication called Grid, and they had a story on this and immediately caught my eye. Uh, and what got to me about this was uh, – the invasion happened fast and quick, and they were and the Ukrainians responded fast and quick, and they immediately, you know, had a huge enlistment in in their armed forces, and this included men, women, uh, and anyone who could fight, and everybody wanted to fight, but not everybody could fight. There were a lot of people, uh, older people, uh, people who women who did not have any military training and did not feel qualified and would have been a hazard on the on the field, who wanted to do something very badly. And so it started with one woman who had uh, a lot of contacts, not just throughout Ukraine, but throughout Europe and even the United States. And uh, this person got a lot of calls and uh, she was asked by her friends, hey, what the heck is going on over there? And she started yeah. supplying them with information. And she was a very organized kind of person who knew how to put things together and package them and store them in places that people could share them. And she just started creating this this huge uh, amount of accurate, vetted information about skirmishes, battles, uh, you know, readiness, all kinds of things, how it was going, the war crimes are being committed. And part of that was, you know, she started saying, hey, you know, I hear in the West, I have President Biden and, and chancellors and presidents from the European Union saying 
you know, there's a red line here, and if Russia steps over, we're gonna, why I ought to, you know, kind of a thing, you know, mm-hmm. bluster. And she just got sick of hearing it and said, no, yeah, how about red lines? Let's talk about red lines. You know, and she listed all the red lines that had been not just walked across, but gleefully uh, trotted across, you know, wearing, you know, pinafores and what have you. These Russians are, you know, behaving badly. And she felt the need to get the word out. So before long, she ended up with a whole cadre of ladies who are doing what she does and help and work in a coordinated fashion to supply the media with stories that are accurate, vetted, rated, fact-checked. And wow, here we are today. And they call themselves the Dutalian, not the Battalion, but they're a data Battalion. But the Dutalian. Right. Yeah. Hey, uh, you know, you 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 did a very good, concise description and explanation and all the Give wonderful me the things. That these Give people me the Let's get some deets out here. Fact is that we're talking about a couple ladies that have grown to having 60, you know, full-time volunteer staff members and thousands 60. of other people, 60 of them, wow. yes, and thousands of others that have contributed uh, to the information that's coming from all over in the small villages, cities, et cetera. And like you mentioned, this, this, they're very conscientious of making sure that the information is not only accurate, but they do, they make it clear that they do not want to have staged photos. So they want the real live action as it's happening. Nothing which, you know, kind of, oh, well, let's set this up and it'll look real good. Uh, so that, that's real important. So what's the output that they've gotten? Well, they've uploaded into their, uh, into their database, which goes onto their website. 4,400 videos. 20,000 photos and more than 120 eyewitness stories. And these things have been seen as, you know, you can keep track of that on your, on your website, 5 million times over a variety of media sources. And so I, I think you've kind of, you know, mentioned the, 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 the red line. The importance here lies in the fact that they started this with the idea of collecting information and letting that information get out so these people you know, we didn't have a, a TV reporter sitting in a safe spot just kind of blabbing away. But they had then the background information for those people to be, you know, really telling a, a good story. But what they've done is they've gone from what I would call, they call in the article, from archiving. In other words, collecting information, imparting it, to becoming advocates. The yes. advocate piece of it is the critical piece because that's where the red lines come in. So as we hear... The, you know, the, the powers to be like Biden, Putin using the word red line. They're sort of saying, don't go over the red line. This is a line which you can't go over. What these women are saying is because of the atrocities, the red line's already been crossed. And yeah. we need to document that. And that's really providing two important purposes. Number one, it provides a means by which we have evidence of war crimes that are being committed. And if somewhere of the powers to be, and this is, I know, wishful thinking, the Russians eventually, you know, take the heat for what they've done. This would be part of it. Number two, there is a, you know, we are giving aid to Ukraine in the way of military aid. But there's another much more, not as important aid, and that is humanitarian aid. And yeah. this is giving the, 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 the story from the from the perspective of the people that are left there that are not fighting and how much they are suffering. 
and yeah. it allow and there's a fundraising piece that can be that's that they can funnel uh you know funds it's a it's a fundraising element too that's part of the advocacy so yeah uh I, you know when you talk about red lines it's like they put in I'll just this one sentence and it's that they have on their website the time for global leaders to act is now all the red lines have been crossed help us to help ourselves is what is what they're saying yeah. on the on the website so wow Wow. And by the way, just by way of action, if you're out there and you think to yourself, wow, you know, I am uninformed. I want to get good news. I don't want to hear what's going on in Ukraine from the safety of the, you know, from Poland or something like that or Los Angeles. I, I want to uh, give me the real stuff. If you want to, if you want the real stuff and they give you a caution that if you're, yes, you're, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's rough. Tough, it's rough to look. To look. If you yeah. want a quick way, to get the real stuff, go on Twitter and follow Detalion. Yeah, I I would also this is in this has been done not only on a volunteer basis, but their volunteers include the use of a very professional, world or internationally known uh, software uh, database developer by the name of uh, Symphony Solutions. Okay. Symphony Solutions has not only help them with respect to doing the project and bring it up, but they have provided them seven of their people on a full-time basis to help support and maintain that database and also that website. So I just wanted to point that out. So it's a very professional the, look Look to it. Oh, yeah. They, they, this is sophisticated stuff, and I think this is going to become the template for other problem areas. You know, like right now in Mississippi, there's a problem with the water supply in Jackson, you know, this this is the perfect template to document that, so that all all the people and politicians, I'm looking at you, all the people who are claiming, you know, it's not this, it's this or whatever, no, stop your yammering, look at the data, get it out there. They need, they need a battalion down in Jackson. They need one in Flint. You know, they need. There's all, all kinds Flint, of yeah. places, right? There's sure. all kinds yeah. of places. So this this is a reusable thing. And if you're thinking, hey, what can I do to help? Here's some ideas, right? Look what the, look what the ladies in Ukraine did. That's it. Amazing. That's all. Yeah. Groaners. Our groaners are provided to us by Vincent Anthony Lauder Jr., commonly referred to as the coach. The coach. And as usual, he has delivered. And so here is the first groaner. How and it's the the uh, the subject is computers, electronics, and all that good stuff. How okay. do lumberjacks? Shut down their computers. How do lumberjacks shut down their computers? You know, I don't know the answer to that, but I know one thing for sure. They do not ask for permission. That's pretty good. Uh, A little partial credit on that one. They log off. Oh, yes, they do. (laughs) Log on, log off. Okay. What is an astronaut's favorite part on the computer keyboard? What is the astronaut's favorite part on the computer keyboard? Oh, that's an easy one. The escape key. Pretty good. I, I, you get, fortunately, I was, the, another good answer, yours is probably just as good. The space bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> 